Welcome to the third season of That's So Second Millennium, the Catholic science podcast where we explore the fascinating borderlands between science and theology through realms of philosophy, human experience, and more. Welcome back to episode 98 of That's So Second Millennium. So this is Bill and I's conversation. It's just continued from last week. It's topical enough. We just wanted to release these in consecutive weeks. We'll get back to something resembling our natural schedule or our announced schedule next month with an interview and a, a discussion. Although uh, we're, we're talking about, I'm going to be <laughs> so busy next month. Uh, we're talking about uh, using some, some stock uh, footage. And in fact, an interview I did for another podcast that hasn't got, yet gotten released on that podcast. So that'll be interesting. Uh, you, may, you may enjoy that. I hope you do, if that is in fact what we use. Uh, in any case, so this time we're talking about, we talk, we get into a little bit more, I don't, I don't even, I still don't even want to say technical, but we talk about the nature of the coronavirus and the infection, the disease that it causes. We talk a little bit about risk. We talk about economics. We even talk about that Italian earthquake trial that if you weren't a geologist, you may not uh, remember very well, but uh, I think we geologists are still pretty scarred by it. So it, it all uh, comes together, I think. And I uh, hope you enjoy it. I'm sure you're not enjoying the coronavirus, but uh, hopefully at least you'll enjoy this, eh? The profit motive, the greed motive, the total reliance on materialism and uh, good old uh, cash and, and credit and debt. Uh, and yeah. that, goes, that goes to my even broader concern than the health concerns. Like I was saying earlier, I'm concerned that ultimately... Um, uh, coronavirus uh, is going to wind up being a precursor to long-term financial difficulties, even more than long-term. Yeah, uh, behind the either paywall or nag wall in the New York Times, I you know clicked on an article and like, oh, okay, I'm not going <laughs> to go to this much trouble. But right. uh, it was it was somebody who was predicting you know some economic death spiral from the you know coronavirus fallout, which I you know yeah, huh? I I made the mistake of you know checking on my IRAs and my investment account the other day. Right. As small as they are, they're smaller right. now. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't remind me, my friend. I'm a little older. Yeah. 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 yeah you're, 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 you're a little closer to needing that liquidity for more yeah. than I need it for right now. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, There's hoping it bounces tough. back, but yeah. No, I mean, well, and the and, whole, and, uh, there's, there's a lot that we can do in the modern age that, uh, you know, you can you, you can do a lot of useful things for other people at a distance now that you couldn't in 1985. Right. But, uh, boy, there's there's still an awful lot that's just going to have to go on ice. I mean, in my corner of the universe, I'm looking at all of the, you know, so so my background is in, you know, really kind of high tech materials research, and I was coming at it from the perspective of earth materials. Right. Um, but, you know, so there are all these huge facilities that the Department of Energy has, you know, because they have equipment that no one else can have, because they have cyclotrons and, you know, particle right. accelerators, and they can generate, you know, X-rays and other forms of radiation that somebody with just a, a piece of equipment in their own lab can't possibly match. So there are these user facilities. And, of course, those right. are shutting down. And those are, I mean, the competition for those is like the competition for grant money. It's intense, you know. Wow. You really want to get time on these machines so you can do your experiments, so you can do this cool research, so you can find out about these strange things that matter does. And that's shutting down. You know, those wow. things are shutting down. And that's, that's, you know, that's a huge, that's a huge blow. And 
to the degree that it's a, you know, they're doing work on things that are eventually going to bring economic benefits because they'll make things cheaper, faster, better. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's its own economic uh, burden and, and a difficult one to measure because, of course, it's kind of got this as a, as, as, a, as a benefit like that, you know, propagates into the economy. It just, you know, it saves more and more money, saves more and more effort, frees up more and more human effort and resources for other things. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But we don't, we don't think with that depth or that sense of consequences like we I mean, used to. Um, I mean, it's, it's, we, we have to, I mean, we literally don't have any choice. We have people, you know, we can't, direct democracy is not possible yeah we can't literally run things ourselves so we right. have to trust someone and so in most of the well i mean so and those the someone in china they're chosen by you know whatever oligarchic social methods you know mm -hmm. you decide to become part of the party you enter the party you do well in the party you rise to leadership in the party and in all those oligarchic social fashions um that you could you know fascinating to know more about but i don't but if you're in India, or if you're in France, or Italy, or the United States, you win an election. You okay. do whatever you need to do in order to win an election, and you know get the support of people to do that. And then you and then you nominate people to fill all these administrative positions. And so that mass of people is making those decisions. And in the short term, that's who makes these decisions. So we have you know, we have we have no point. We have I mean we have no option other than basically doing what they decide to try to do what except for following through on what they decide to do on our behalf we don't yeah. uh, we don't have another viable option in the short term well uh, uh, th that points to um a kind of criterion that uh, you know is becoming uh, uh, uh more sharply important uh, to me uh through all of this and as i get get older so and it also ties in with the uh, uh, uh themes of our uh, of our uh, podcast so let me just uh again kind of uh draw the the question about um this uh social distancing uh as a phenomenon of science as opposed to a science as opposed to a phenomenon of uh, religion slash faith spirituality, um, uh, it does this does this whole phenomenon uh, and and the whole direction that we're going in is it is it a symptom of how we have become uh, you know so totally reliant on scientific thinking and so totally ignorant of or indifferent to criteria like well who's the ultimate source of wisdom or what are the ultimate goals of society? Uh, the kinds of questions that are answered by faith and religion and not by science. It seems as though we're just kind of at the mercy of the answers given to us by science. Yeah, I mean, so there's, there's a bias that a lot of people have noticed toward, you know, we, we manage things we can count. And yes. so we can yes. count we can count cases diagnosed and we can count fatalities. And so that's going to loom larger in our mind than things that we can't count very readily. Yeah. Um, that's part of it. And then there's also, you know, what, what you're talking about, the larger picture. I mean, <laughs> there's that great uh, phrase from Hilaire Belloc that, you know, the practical man, and of course he's speaking in the early 20th century, but I don't know that it's 
any different now. The practical man, you know, believes he's making, you know, these hard-headed, obvious decisions, but he's really in the grip of some dead economist. He's, yeah, he's actually, yeah. you know, every, everything, everything that he says is, is theory-laden. That's not Belloc's phrase, but uh, it's, it's a philosophy of science phrase, but it's equally apt in this uh, uh, That's context. right. Yeah. Um, and, so, and he's also, another, another Belloccian phrase on the subject is that the practical man is defined by his incapacity to think his way through either back to first principles or forward to ultimate consequences. Wow. Yes. Well said. Uh-huh. And that's, so, yeah. so what is the, so, I mean, so ultimately what are we looking at here? We're managing risks. And that's, yeah. you know, and so that, and that's, and it's, that's probabilistic and people don't understand probability. They would rather, you know, short circuit to something like it's definitely going to be this way science says it's going to be this way yeah um, you know so 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 in my little you know rush county indiana with i don't know twenty thousand inhabitants or something somebody you know the, the, so the so this is going around the locals like somebody that i actually literally met walking walking down my county road in the middle of nowhere um pulled over and had a little conversation with me um yesterday and they said, and I've heard, I think I heard the priest say this too, or, or someone, someone in the local community, 80 people are going to die of this in Rush County. What? Huh. What? Uh. I mean, and that's, and so I don't know, and of course I don't know, because, because people don't think probabilistically very well. I know that. It's a game of telephone. Yeah. What did the official say? Was it the official who had the problem with probabilistic thinking, or was it his audience that had problems with probabilistic thinking, or her audience yeah. that had problems with the probabilistic thinking? And is that you know, did, and and I mean, not just probability, but also the whole is that if we did nothing, if we just conducted business as usual and didn't do any of the things that we're doing, eighty people in Rush County would die. Ah, right. And of course, twenty of them would be at Miller's Merry Manor, but right. And that's you know yeah that's a that's, nursing that's home another question yeah. that's yeah that's what that's probably the biggest yeah, local nursing home and it's uh, uh, not such a funny name I just had to plug it Miller's yes yeah, so there's one there's one up here in South Bend too there I is, think yeah 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 I think, so. uh, yeah. I think I've heard that it's it's something of a change but yes but in any event that, we're, that's called local we're, flavor people but yeah anyway. <laughs> um, and yeah. and uh, and you know I like I like local flavor and I like. Uh, I like the kinds of things that community brings to local discussions, uh, to, to human conversation, to human thought. And I've always equated community uh, with um, the, 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 the spiritual or the more essential parts of, of human life and interaction. Whereas um, somehow uh, science, while I love it and I'm fascinated by it, and I'm certainly going to obey its wisdom, um, uh, science seems to be the force of uh, globalization, uh, the force of um, uh, metrics, the source of, in a sense, oversimplified thinking well, whereas let me, let me push on that let me push on that a tiny bit bill maybe it's maybe it's another case where you could draw a distinction between science and maybe another form of scientism i mean of course we usually okay. use scientism yeah that could be in the context yeah. of you know believing that well 
science displaces religion. Well, no, science can't displace religion. Science is, I mean, it's, it's just a different animal. They do two it, different it, things. It couldn't yeah. if it wanted to replace religion. What you're replacing it with is a, you know, is a religion that we can, that we call scientism. That's you know, Good it's point. related to logical positivism and all that other crap. But, Good point. But th- in this case, you know, the scientism would be, you know, we would be to pay attention to these things that we can, you know, w- would be to take as the only criteria these things that we can see and count. Yeah. You know, these, okay, this number of cases, this many hospital beds occupied, this many fatalities. I mean, I think those are the main criteria. Right. We don't want to overwhelm the healthcare system and we don't want people to die. Those are, right. those are good things. Those are yes, good those things. are good things. But, yeah. You know, how do you balance that? And this gets back to what I was originally saying about, you know, in between elections, you know, I mean, we're, ha- we're going to have an election where we have a referendum on how people treated this crisis among, every, you know, along with everything else that they've done during their terms in office. Yeah. But, you know, they have, the, for the moment, we have no choice. We have no practical choice other than trust the people that we've elected and the people that they have nominated to do their jobs, appointed yeah. to do their jobs to balance these risk between the thing, these things that we can count and all of the economic fallout of shutting the United States of America down for however yeah. many weeks we're going to shut the United States of America down. Yeah. You know, down, shutting yeah. it down to this, you know, to whatever minimal level we're going to settle for. Shelter in yeah. place. No Shelter in place. Than, no groups of more than 10 people. Yeah. Um, that's, that's got economic consequences and, you know, it's one of those things where you have to draw a careful moral distinction that very seldom gets drawn anymore between things that you will to happen and things that happen as an inevitable side effect of goods that you will to achieve. Like you can, I mean, like a, cl- a classic case is that, you know, you could perform an operation on a woman that has an extremely high risk of, you know, of, of killing the fetus within her. Right, right. Um, but if her own life is in danger, I mean, first of all, if her own life is in danger, she's not going to be able to help the fetus very much. Um, and second of all, it's it's life for life. Whose life are you going to choose? Ultimately, at some point, you have to make that choice. In this yeah. case, we're making a choice between, you know, inevitably, as a side effect, no one's willing this, but inevitably, as a side effect of all this economic mayhem, people are going to die. Yeah. I yeah. mean, inevitably, I mean, so 12-step groups, for example. Yeah. So, I mean, I've made no secret of the fact that I do attend 12-step groups. They've played a lot right. of good in my life. Um, and there are people for whom they're a matter of life and death. Yeah. Not, any, not any individual meeting, probably. Right. Right. But, but telling people at the Fairbanks facility on the north side of Indianapolis that they can't have a face-to-face 12-step meeting for the next four weeks or six weeks or what have you, you know, of all of the dozens of 12-step meetings that go on there, yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. There's going to be some number of people who drink themselves to death. There's oh going to be some. Yeah. There's going to be some number of people who commit suicide. Can you ever wow. count them? No, I hadn't ever, even thought of it. Much less ever, tried to count them. Can you ever try to estimate that? I mean, is that on people's minds? How many people mm. would that be? I mean, that's uh, that's 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 just one. You know, close to me personally, something I can see from here. Yeah. Consequence that you know, I hope is being taken into account. I don't know. I don't know. But so I'm not, I don't consider myself ever a libertarian, 
but you're making me think, well, in some sense, when, when, when groups are not just uh, random spectator sporting events that are optional, right. but can be life and death, or at least can be very crucial to a person, yeah. um, does government rightfully have that last say in whether a meeting can occur or not? I guess you, ultimately you do have to. Let government I mean, have a say, or else you know, if there are too many exceptions, yeah, I mean, they uh, have the, a say. This is in danger. But we also, yeah. I mean, we also individually, and we know as Christians, you know, from day one, we knew that um, if we knew something was right, we would have to go against the government if right if necessary. I mean, right. And so if there's somebody, but, they, who, but we'd pay the price for it. Yeah, I mean, if there's if there's somebody who gets you know who gets run in and sent to jail and you know put in whatever kind of sanitized lockdown. Jails are in right now. Oh, right. That's terrible to contemplate. Um, yeah. Because, because he was going to, by God, drive to somebody's house to have an AA meeting because he felt he needed a damn AA meeting. Wow. Um, you know, I'm in favor of that guy. And I don't think it's necessarily fair that that's how he was treated. Um, he's also got a higher power to look after him. It's not me. Sure well, that's not true. Me. Uh, sure as heck yeah. not me. So there's at least that. But... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a there's a certain piece that comes from knowing I'm not in charge. You know, we we it frees us up to actually do something if we can let go of the fact that we ought to, you know, that we have to do something, that we have to change it, that somehow we have to change it. Right. Like, okay, let me change what I can change. I mean, that's and of course that's twelve step wisdom itself, right? That's, that's yeah. The that's the serenity prayer. Yeah. Um, and that's what, uh, 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 but that's that's the kind of point that I'm trying to get at in my my blog post, and, and that you raised Im implicitly. If we if we are going to have to uh, divide ourselves down into these small groups, there are things that we can do, like maybe have more uh, family a uh, family wide use of uh, our binge watching of TV programs or. Yeah. You can, uh, so, you can watch media. daily mass. I mean, Lord Amen. knows I'm going. I'm going to. I'm going to certainly, you know, take advantage of this year of like, okay, well, if I can't, if I literally can't go to Holy Thursday Mass, well, right. I mean, certainly I'm going to watch one if there's one to be seen somewhere. Whether it's uh, but, uh, at least on EWTN, yeah, yeah, the, the Pope's own, uh, yeah, 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 yeah all uh, of that. Assuming the Pope is not canceled uh, from. Uh, from doing well, he's, it, he's uh, canceled but, public services at the Vatican. He has canceled which, I mean, public services. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't know. I mean, he's. I thought. I thought there was a video. I thought I saw at least a still frame from a video feed of him saying daily mass at the Domus. Mm -hmm. um, so hopefully something like that will go on. Yes. Yeah. You know. Well, I just. I. I just hope that. Uh, I just hope that we have some kind of rebound from this. That's actually nourished by the experiences we're going through right yeah, well, now like you said, rather like you than said earlier, it's worsen is, is it is it going to push us further in the direction of isolation which you know is my argument we were already on um is, is it just going to push us further or, or are we actually going to rebound from it and say that was really terrible i don't yeah, right. know that i want to i don't want to go i don't want to do that again yeah in fact i, I want to spend the summer or whenever this blows over uh actually spending more time with my friends and my family and yeah and at public maybe even going on retreat worship. or doing right yeah. Yeah. yeah it's uh well you know it is, uh, that's that's the ultimate uh, truth that uh victor frankel found in um auschwitz or whatever that 
ultimately the freedom is to choose how you're going to respond uh, to each individual circumstance. And thank God that's a freedom that no one can take away from us. Right. But our, uh, it's just that our popular culture has so weakened that side of us that, uh, that uh, you know, has the boldness to say, well, I, I'm a little bit more courageous than this. And I'm, and I see both the scientific side and the spiritual side, and I, I have trust and hope that science cannot measure. You know, yeah. uh, I, I guess I'd like to hear a little bit more of that without becoming a rebel uh, to, uh, you know, good scientific wisdom. Right. So right. I, I, I guess you know, and a question that, that you asked me. Let's let's let me put a bookmark on what I was about to say and let you okay. finish up. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh no, please. Um, so you you mentioned you know as a as scientist, a scientist. In, in your original email to me you know asking for ideas about this um, yeah you, know, you asked my opinion as a scientist of how things are being handled relative to the SARS and the MERS yeah were you know arguably worse um, perhaps they were easier to transmit perhaps they were more lethal I actually don't remember I I looked up a tiny tiny bit about SARS mostly enough to recall that it was in 2002 or so and I think right. the last cases were. I think the WHO website said the last cases were in China in 2004. Uh -huh. um, but, you know, so, so I said that as a geologist, I didn't really know. But then I thought about it. I had several days to think about it. I'm like, actually, you know, as a geologist, there is something that's something of a parallel. So do you remember, I mean, this is, I don't know how much, this is something, in my world as a geologist, this was big news. I don't know how it yeah. was for the rest of the world. But do you remember the earthquake trial in Italy? No, I don't. Okay, so in the town of L'Aquila, I think that's, I guess, I think that's either near or actually at the uh, the ancient city where the exarch from, uh, that'd, be the, that'd be Ravenna, wouldn't it? Is it near Venice or is it near Ravenna? I don't remember for sure. Anyway, I think it's over yeah. on the east coast of Italy somewhere. Um, but like basically all of Italy, it's earthquake prone. Um, and so in 2009, there was an earthquake, and there were a lot of foreshocks before this earthquake. And people were agitated, and they wanted, you know, they wanted to know what they should do. And so the Italian government sent over a batch of seismologists, apparently to say, because I was just looking this up, I didn't even know this many details until today, um, that, well, you know, all these foreshocks are really a good thing, because what, what drives an earthquake is stress, right? Right. So if all these little earthquakes are dissipating the stress one by one, that's great because it means it won't all go at once in a big earthquake. I see, right. Which is not necessarily really the case because we don't know how much stress there is to start with, one. Good point. Um, the mathematically, it's a little sketchy because a bunch of magnitude fours, well, what's a bunch? A hundred? A hundred magnitude fours maybe add up to a magnitude five or mm -hmm. maybe six. Um, and then, you know, I think they wound up with a seven or something. So uh -huh. they could have had a lot of magnitude fours that really didn't take much of the edge off of what was, what was coming. Yeah. Um, and so, and people died and they also recommended that people stay inside, which was arguably the wrong thing to do because there were plenty of buildings that were not earthquake safe. And oh, indeed. Them. Yeah. So there were, yeah. there were just a mass of lawsuits. I mean, the, they were against the six seismologists that were recruited to say these things at a public meeting a few days before the earthquake hit. Um, they were against a science a scientist who was a government official who was charged with sort of 
you know, coming up with this strategy and sort of, you know, recruiting these scientists to discuss it at this public meeting. And then his higher up was eventually um, implicated by, you know, some phone, like some police phone tap conversation, because of course Italy's an awesome place with the mafia and propaganda do and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, Italy's a wonderful place politically, but um, <laughs> so they had, so the police had a wiretap on this guy's, you know, higher up at the, what was it, the Civil Protection Department, however, whatever that translates into in Italian, or out of in Italian, from Italian. Um, uh -huh. So that guy was eventually, he was, he was the last one eventually indicted, and he was, he was eventually acquitted partly at least for lack of evidence and partly because Italy has a law that you can't be convicted for anything more than seven and a half years after it happened. And they were ah. right at like seven years and four months or something or five wow. months um, after the event by the time his trial finally wound up. So, uh -huh. so um, yeah, so that was, that was sort of disedifying. And I mean, and I, you know, and now having read a little bit more about it, I'm like, Maybe we geologists were being a little bit too tribal and a little bit too protective of our own because that does sound kind of sketchy. I mean, so I was what I was reading was an article actually in Science Magazine, which is you know it's poor scientists. Um, right. It's one it's one of the top two flagship journals, as you probably know. Most of the listeners probably know, but maybe not everybody. Um, right. And so I would regard that as being on the scientist side, if anything. And they made it sound kind of bad. Yeah. Uh, so that's, you know, so that, that was a case where risk wasn't managed very well. But it's a, I mean, but that's an endemic problem in geology because that's, you know, what, do, what does the general public want to know from us? The general public wants to know when a disaster is going to happen. Right. And it's not easy to predict. Volcanoes are easier to predict than earthquakes. They're a lot easier to predict than earthquakes. But even then, it's not 100% by no means. Um, and earthquakes are just, damn. Earthquakes are bad. I mean, yeah, they're, just, they're, uh, they're totally the sort of thing that happens cool. stochastically, you know, but statistically, basically. Um, there's just a chance at all times. And there are sometimes things that warn you, and sometimes those things, you know, and sometimes those things, you know, you'll see something that looks identical to a lead up to a big earthquake and nothing will happen. It's just, I mean, it's a mess. That can happen on the same fault, you know. Yeah, individual yeah. stretches of faults can have repeating behavior. I mean, and of course, another problem is that we have only we've only got any kind of actual seismic data for the last hundred years, and that's not long. You know, any any kind of recurrent behavior on a lot of faults is going to be over long longer time period than a hundred years. Right. We just we just don't have the data. We just don't have the data to tell people. And so, what do we do? Well, we're going to be excessively cautious but how excessively cautious because we yeah right back up to that question of risk that we were talking about earlier like well if you paralyze people if you tell people don't do you know i mean so first of all if you tell people i mean that's that's the worst part if you tell people to prepare for the worst and do all these things and nothing bad happens right you, it becomes you know i mean this, this goes back to the conversation i had with my neighbor yesterday yeah. about you know like people not trusting yeah. the government <laughs> yeah. i wonder uh -huh. why i yeah. wonder why yes yeah and in a society where there's no trust between people we really are unless unless we have trust in god and fewer and fewer do 
really the only thing you can put your trust in is the uh, data and the experimentation yeah. uh, of, of science. Not that that's inherently bad, but as our sole source of wisdom, I wouldn't... It's, it's uh, just inadequate. You can't... Yeah. I mean, first of all, our, our current scientific knowledge is itself considered on scientific terms, woefully inadequate for an awful lot of yeah. questions. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, it just it literally can't answer all questions. Yeah. Yeah. It, it can't, it can, it can tell us this is likely to happen if you do this. And even in, you know, economically, this is likely to happen if you do this, but it doesn't tell you how to weigh those consequences against each other. That's right. That's right. Yeah. We have to be uh, prudent and morally and philo philosophically, uh, educated as well as scientifically uh and uh, well maybe maybe we can spend some time in the next few weeks while we have a little bit of time uh in front of the uh, tv maybe we should at least just watch the science channel or or pbs <laughs> or or, or c-span or, yeah or, or ewtn exactly uh, that's yeah. a that's a perfectly uh, good alternative Except that uh, we 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 do need science, and uh, uh, good religionists would agree. Yeah, uh, okay. scientists mean, might might or might not. Question, but... What is our civic duty? I mean, that's that because yeah. that is that the society that we live in is it implies the the system that we have was set up with the understanding that we would all take some sort of share. Yeah. In in political life, and yeah, yeah. What is what is that share? I mean, and that's a question, you know. And frankly, I am not satisfied with my own lived answer to that question so so far in my life. But you yeah, know, that's also because I mentioned I go to a couple of twelve step groups. I've got some issues to sort out, and that's sure. you know, a lot I'm, of people. I'm, I'm, I, I have I have hopes. I have a lot, you know, I have a lot of hopes that things will change significantly over the course of the rest of 2020. You know, the initiatives Beautiful. that I'm taking. Yeah. And, and the and fruit being born from things that I've already done to try to live my life better. But you know, that's that is definitely okay. What what is my role? What is my personal role? You know, because it's it's more than just voting. It's definitely more so, than yeah. just voting. How do, yeah, no, we've re uh, so many people have reduced their role to simply that. Yeah. 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 And, and and bitching about it on Twitter. Uh, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we've made our whole life politics uh, uh, representing the fact that we think that government is the only god. Yeah, and I mean, we, uh, we make our whole life politics, and then we don't do anything except we don't do anything useful about it. Do we actually yeah. look around our community and say what, at a level that I can, you know, principle of subsidiarity, what right. at a level that I can actually affect can I do to make this community better politically as well as all the other ways? And maybe, maybe right. it's not politically. Maybe I should really put that effort into something that's not politics. Right. Um, but I need to make that choice very deliberately. Very, very well, absolutely. deliberately. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, I hope that we can, I hope that over the next uh, month or two or however long, we can, um, we can ponder from our experiences that are a little bit more internalized, um, you know, what does, uh, what does it mean to act deliberately and purposefully and with a sense of consequences and a sense of conscience? Mm -hmm. And, um, and uh, we, 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 uh, if this is indeed a Lenten experience so that we're all kind of <laughs> joining sure in is. on, <laughs> we sure might as well enjoy the, enjoy the redemption part after the cross part. You know, yeah, yeah, and, and to look that's forward my to hope. That. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like I had to learn a long time ago that I should look at Lent. It's like it as a, as a child, as a teenager, I sort of bumbled my way into this mindset that I'm not allowed to think about Easter until it happens. Oh and my. Actually makes no sense at all. No, no, you can't I, have I should, one without should, the other. I should be making these preparations with the expectation and Easter is going to come. And I'm right. going to feel a lot better for my spiritual house having been cleaned to this extent and, you know, having grown in virtue and grace and, you know, and started some good habits that I intend to continue after Easter and put right. down some bad habits that I intend to leave down after Easter. Um, yeah, but that's, but, you know, we get so caught up in the moment. Yeah, yeah. Wow, this is a long, wide-ranging conversation. I hope we'll have more of them. I'm sure we will. Uh, and uh, so, thank you for uh, for joining me in this uh, conversation. I, I think a lot of people, uh, partly because they're uh, being holed up uh, at home or whatever, uh, a lot of people are thriving or uh, thirsting for these kinds of uh, conversations. I hope so. Uh, I hope not so. finding them sometimes. Yeah, maybe maybe it's a golden age of podcasting. That would be nice. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it, uh, again, it, was, it, was, it was it was that before the coronavirus. And, and well, you know, that's if, right. If there's something we can afford to have the coronavirus, uh, you know, in, inflect its uh, upward trend even further, uh, podcasts are probably okay. There you go. I like that. Yes, let's <laughs> let's let it be victorious at least in one uh, limited realm. Yeah, I yeah. like that. Uh, well, always good means, to talk with you, Paul. Do something good for yourself. You know, go for go yeah, for likewise. a run. Stay six go stay six feet from people and listen to a podcast. Go for a walk. Go for a run and listen to a podcast. Yes. Oh, okay, very good. I think I'll do I'll do uh, everything except the run part. Okay, there you go. Uh, yeah, yeah, fair enough. And I won't run for politics either. Okay, uh, don't fair. worry about that. Your, yeah. your, your role your role in the political in our political culture is different than that, and that is okay. Exactly. Yeah. Please God. Yeah. Hey, good to talk with you. <laughs> All right. Take care. Bill. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Until take next care. time. Thanks for listening to this episode of That's So Second Millennium. TSSM's audio producer is Morgan Burkhardt. Our theme music, Igneous Grok, was composed and performed by Vin Marquardt. For my co-host, Bill Schmidt, I'm Paul Geesting. Until next time.